Well, Merry Christmas and anticipatory Happy New Year. This is Chris Keel doing the latest ASA podcast. So it seems appropriate to try to be festive this time of year. So uh, given the fact that it's a podcast, I can't really wear a Santa hat that would have any impact. So I'm going to try to separate this edition into what I would refer to as a naughty and nice division. So we'll talk a little bit about the naughty bits, and then we'll talk a little bit about the nice bits, and then try to figure out what next year has in store. So obviously, the more naughty things have been the threat of recession and the continued march when it comes to inflation. Lately, we've seen some relief on the inflation front, and you've definitely been picking it up in things like commodity prices and factory gate prices. I talked a little bit about this the last time we did a podcast. That's still pretty much the consensus view is that most of those prices are coming down. What is challenging is that the core inflation numbers are staying stubbornly high. And for those of you who like to follow along with how weirdly economists look at the world, we separate the inflation numbers into what we refer to as core and non-core. Non-core stuff is the really, really volatile stuff. It's food prices, fuel prices, things that change constantly. And the joke is that we don't like to count these because they mess up our models. Um, and the reason for that is that they are so volatile. They change so dramatically. So when you're trying to compare quarter over quarter, year over year, even week over week, it's hard to do because you're trying to figure out, okay, am I comparing it to when oil was really high? Am I comparing it to when oil was really low? What is the actual change? So we always take those and kind of set them aside. The core prices are the things that don't change as fast. And eventually, the non-core categories kind of show up in the core categories like we don't count fuel, but we do count airfares and freight rates and things that respond to fuel. So you kind of get the idea. What has been stubborn lately has been core. We're seeing the core inflation rates stay fairly high because of wages. And it's the wage issue that has people worried about the coming year. At the moment, wages are still not quite keeping pace with inflation, but they're still very high. They're close to 6% gain year over year. And even though inflation has been up around the 7% range, this is still pretty exceptionally high for wages. And as inflation in the other categories comes down, wages won't. So once those wages go up, they stay up. So... The big concern going forward is will wages continue to hike and if they do, what's that going to do to overall inflation? Thus far, the United States has not really experienced some of the problems that's popping up in Europe. I mean, Europe is actually talking about what they're referring to as their winter of discontent. There are strikes showing up all over Europe. Britain has been hit especially hard, particularly with public sector strikes. The nurses have been on strike, the transportation sector, the utility sector. I mean, you name it, they're on strike. And that is a real concern because obviously that impacts the overall economy and it continues to drive wages up. We haven't seen a lot of that yet in the U.S., but you look at the rail strike of not too many weeks ago. I mean, that was a 25% wage increase. 
And that kind of hike ends up feeding inflation. And that's essentially what the Fed keeps referring to when it says that it still needs to fight inflation. So that's that's one of the naughty parts. If we are still going to be hitting a real recession in 2023, it's likely to be because the Fed is still focused on inflation. So consensus view, and I always have to laugh whenever we talk about an economist's having a consensus view because we all know the joke. You put 10 economists in a room, you're going to get 10 different opinions, 11 if one of them's from Harvard. We rarely agree on anything. And one of the things that we're kind of, sort of, maybe agreed on is that the coming recession will be relatively short and mild. That's not universal. I mean, a good half of the economists are saying, oh, no, it's going to be terrible and long. And you always have the really, really hawkish ones like my favorite Dr. No, Nouriel Rubini, who I think is calling for the end of life on Earth as we know it, and that everyone will be trying to consume their pets by the end of 2023. Dr. Rubini can be counted upon to be the most depressing economist that has ever lived. But most of us are not quite in that same boat. We're looking for first quarter probably pretty slow, second quarter beginning to show some signs of life, and then by third or fourth, we start to see growth back to what we would normally expect to see if there is such a thing as normal anymore. We haven't really seen normal since 2019. So on the nice side, a couple of things to be aware of that I think will affect particularly ASA members. We're still seeing a lot of growth in some critical sectors for the industry. Multifamily housing is seeing permit activity better than we've seen since the 1980s. And in the great scheme of things, housing is obviously important to the ASA community, but multifamily even more important than single. You get a lot more of the materials that ASA members produce in a multifamily unit than you do in a single family unit. You're also seeing some pretty good growth in areas like automotive still. Aerospace is still being pretty responsive. Um, We're still seeing pretty good data when it comes to some commercial construction. It's all slowed a little bit, particularly if it's a big project that's related to, say, office buildings, but warehouse and logistics still growing. Healthcare is actually beginning to come back a little bit. There was such a down period for healthcare in 2020 simply because everybody's focus was on COVID. And now that that's easing a little bit, the hospitals are seeing kind of their normal run of business again, which is good for their expansion plans. The other sort of of nice aspect to all of this is that we are seeming to see at least halfway decent consumer attitude going into the coming year. That can change in a hurry, and the retail numbers have not been great this year. We saw a 0.6% downturn in the last reading, but there's still a lot of money on the sidelines, and the polls would suggest that people are not necessarily anticipating a crushing recession. Now, like I said, that changes on a dime. Consumers are notoriously volatile. And at the moment, their attitude towards inflation has been pretty positive because they've been watching gas prices come down. 
And it's astounding how important that is to the psyche of the consumer. They can see prices going up on everything else, but if they see the price of gas go down, they're downright euphoric. It's like, wow, gasoline is under $3 a gallon. Well, yeah, okay, but eggs are still expensive and, you know, theater tickets are still expensive, but what they see every day is gas pricing, and that tends to affect their mood dramatically. That could change in a heartbeat as well. The last sort of, of comment to make about what to watch in the future has been the same thing we've been watching all year, which is China. The supply chain crisis has begun to ease because China started to open up again, and this allowed some flow of goods again. However, China is now experiencing what everybody warned they would experience when they lifted the lockdown. You have a population in China that has not been exposed to COVID to the degree that it has been in Europe and the U.S. They have nothing approaching herd immunity. Millions and millions and millions of people are getting COVID right at the same time. Now, granted, the good news is most of them are getting the mild version that has been dominant in the U.S. and Europe, but it still means that they can't come into work. So even though they're not necessarily clogging up the hospitals to a dangerous level, but it's getting close, they're not showing up for work. I mean, you've got half the population of bigger cities like Beijing and Shanghai and Guangzhou not showing up. And all of a sudden, that cuts into the supply chain again. So we may have seen a brief period of supply coming out of China only to see it shut down again as people deal with getting sick and having to stay home. So my holiday prognosis is that we're going to enjoy two weeks of not having to worry about any of this junk, and then we'll start the first of the year pretty much where we ended this year. We're going to be watching really carefully things like the supply chain. We're going to be watching really carefully what's happening in the commodity markets because at the moment we're getting a reprieve. Who knows how long that will last. So, until we speak next time, enjoy your holidays. Try to just, you know, get completely carried away with sugar plums and, and whatever kind of alcoholic beverage seems appropriate for the moment. And we'll talk to you soon. Won't talk to you until next year. So, you've got a break. Thanks.